0: Everybody, welcome to this week's Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. Coming to you each and every week, talking about the best from WWE, AW, and NXT. As always, you can join in on the conversation by following us on our Twitter account, which is at LiveYourGimmick. That's the at symbol followed by L I V Y O U R G I M M I C K. M-O-U-S-E. There he is on point. Of course you got me. My name is Jason. Joining me this week, we just have one co-host, which is Michael. Michael, no Kevin this week. I know it's disappointing for us all. How are you doing, sir? I'm pretty good. I mean, it's going to be an interesting show without no show, Kevin. Right? Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, it it was a long week. Are you officially recovered from uh, WrestleMania
1: week? Uh, I, I, well, they... (sighs) Toby made sure to sober me up real quick, <laughs> brought me right back down to reality. That they did. So, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the after mania releases, and then also, you know, some stuff that happened on this this uh, the past
1: week on shows this day, and stuff
0: like that. Yeah, <laughs> I see clearly. Uh, speaking of that which,
1: WWE's you- gonna fire everyone. <laughs>
0: So yeah, getting getting right into that. I mean, I mean, normally WWE does release talent generally after WrestleMania, right? So it's it's no surprise that, you know, same thing this year as they do every year. What was a little bit of a surprise were some of the people that they did release. So yeah. let, let, let's start with the ones that weren't really much of a shock. Um, Chelsea Green. Okay, maybe a little bit because she hasn't been on the roster for that long of a time, but she really hasn't done a whole lot since she's been there. Uh, Maybe had some injuries. She's been on and off TV. They tried her on Raw. They tried her on NXT. Um, You know, she had a, a match with Charlotte Flair and she, you know, they put her in some some different spots, but just never really seemed to pan out for whatever reason. You know, and then of course Matt Cardona is released last year, so now Chelsea is there without her. You know, what I think they're married now,
1: right? Her husband. They're like, uh, still fiance. They haven't gotten married. They are supposed to get married, but because of uh the events of twenty twenty, they had to postpone that a little bit.
0: Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. So, so yeah, so so basically, you can you can understand why she was released. Tucker, he's another one. Um,
1: yeah, I haven't you know. seen him on TV in fucking ages.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was a part of the uh, the Andre. Giant battle royal, but after you know his split from Otis, not really much, right? There, Tucker hasn't really done much of anything. And honestly, Otis was a star of that team. I mean, Tucker yeah. didn't seem to have that much personality to begin with. He's been the only one that's been very vocal about being released oh, yeah. like, oh, just wait until I don't think anybody really fucking cares, to be honest with you, Tucker. I'm sorry, buddy. You might be an awesome guy, but I mean, I just didn't really care.
1: I mean, I have to assume that the people who are going to care are like the, the marks who hate WWE and were like, yeah, I want to hear all the shit talking. Let's do it. Have a shoot right. interview, man. And it's like, he, he wasn't even a mid Carter. Like <laughs> <laughs> his roster spot, spot was literally at catering. So I don't know like what shit he's really going to bring to the table to, to any sort of <laughs> shoot interview.
0: Oh man. Wasn't even a mid Carter. Okay. Um, Kalisto, this one surprised me a little bit, um, other than the fact that he just hasn't been used. I mean, he came back from injury, and he was all cut. He had a little bit of personality. It almost seemed like a bit of a heel turn for him, and then he just disappeared again. You know, he he kind of broke from Lucha Underground, and you thought it might be the start for something. And... You mean Lucha House Party? Is that what I said? Lucha
1: you said undergrad. Lucha Underground? <laughs> ah, my bad. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, maybe that's where he's going to go now, but yeah, it wasn't Lucha, where he
0: was. <laughs> Lucha House Party, my fault. Yeah, he split from Lucha House Party and then just just basically didn't really do much of anything after that. So, um, you know, Kalisto, again, not much of a surprise, but I mean, guy's talented in the ring, but he's just he's so small, but he doesn't have. You know Rey Mysterio is a smaller guy but Rey Mysterio still makes it believable and he looks legit mm-hmm. and he's got enough muscle on him that it looks legit. But Kalisto to me never had that, right? He just never had that legit look to him for whatever reason for me. I don't know why.
1: And I feel like Rey's been booked that way since almost day 1. Like even back in WCW he was still kind of booked as like the the little guy have to, you know, fight the big guy. Granted it wasn't, you know, anything is traveling again because wcw didn't give a shit about their cruiserweight division or the smaller guys but i feel like he's had decades of being built as that guy who's tiny but can believably beat big show which doesn't make any sense but it still works and we fucking fall for it every time um where kalisto i feel like he he hasn't even been booked to look strong against guys his own size let alone anyone bigger
0: no and i i Wholeheartedly agree with that. It just never, it never translated over. You know, if if it wasn't for Rey Mysterio's run in WCW, where he did have those opportunities, you never know. Maybe he wouldn't have ever been like that in WWE either. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know. But um, but yeah. I mean, it's just Kalisto. I mean, he had some talent. He was fun to watch in the ring. But at the same time, you know that not not a huge loss in my opinion. Yeah. Now, Mojo Rawley. Outside of being Gronk's best buddy, again, not much uh, in the way of Mojo Riley. He had that um, the Hype Bros tag team with Cardona. Uh, they, you know, had some moderate success in NXT, a little bit of success on the main roster. But then after they broke up that tag team, uh, it just didn't really seem to pan out for Mojo. He just he never really had a gimmick that worked. He was pretty much chasing the twenty four seven championship all the time. And that that was really about it. And the, there was really not much else to that. And then once that part of it was over for him, he disappeared even more. So, you know, former NFL player, guy is definitely a party animal. He's something, you know, maybe part of his issue is that he never really stopped partying. And it just never, he never really dedicated himself, really. Maybe that was where the disconnect was with Mojo I mean I could I could totally see that just given what I've heard and stories I've heard from just you know other WWE superstars and when they talk about Mojo and how crazy he is and you know every single thing around him revolves him being at a party or hooking up with girls or something like that so maybe he just never maybe he just never put the work in he just wanted to live the
1: life. Yeah, I mean, Cardona would always talk about how much he couldn't stand tagging with him because what you see on TV is what you get in real life. He is just that much of an annoying ass the entirety <laughs> of, of his existence. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, I, and again, I, I could see that one coming. He hasn't really been doing much of anything. Uh, another person that you haven't seen at all, probably since he left the Miztourage, is Bo Dallas. Now, right. He's got Liv Morgan to fall onto. So his, his blow was softened a little bit since, you know, they're a couple and he lives with her. Oh, own. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Apparently they have been an item for a little while now and they have a nice little farm ranch somewhere and they're both uh, trying to get their real estate license so they could do life after wrestling. It's a whole thing. So, um,
1: so well, yeah. he, he just got a head start on her.
0: Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, um, you know, a Bray... Pop-
1: Papa can do his taxes for him.
0: Yep. Bray, Bray's brother is uh, no longer with WWE. The Bo Leave gimmick didn't really work that much on the main roster, and then after that, there, he just didn't really have much of anything. The guy was talented in the ring, and I guess he, I mean he seemed kind of funny, like he had a bit of a personality. I just I don't know, just never really connected. I guess.
1: I, I mean, I liked the B Team. They were fun. The I feel like they fun, they huh? were they they were great. I feel like the fans enjoyed them. I just feel like. Unfortunately, once you get stuck in that kind of comedy shtick for as your gimmick, it's it's hard for them to ever do anything with you because they they obviously they want someone with personality, but they want someone who like is a badass, someone who's going to, you know, show everyone that the W what WB really is. And they're not going to do much with you, except for just keep using you as a comedy shit, just like they did with uh, Revival for the longest time. They got stuck in that comedy rut. -hmm. And could not break out no matter how many times they (laughs) renegotiated their contracts. Right, right. Yeah, and,
0: and, you know, Bo just, it just, it just never, again, he he served a purpose, but it just wasn't something that really connected, I don't think, at any point in time.
1: Uh, I I think he would have benefited from being a part of the Wyatt family or even a part of uh, The Fiend at some point.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And and they, they seem to want to keep him. Far away from Bray for whatever reason. So I don't, I don't know why that is. They want to keep it kayfabe. They don't want to be real
1: brothers. But the only thing I think it was either a, they're like we already had the Hardy Boys. We don't need more real family members together. Right. Or B, it was a situation where they didn't see anything in Bo, so they wanted to keep him away from Bray, so it wouldn't you know bring him down.
0: Yeah. Or maybe Bray wanted to not have anything to do, like keep it separate. You never know. Yeah. You know, it's hard to hard. To He's say. Like, Don't ride
1: my coattails,
0: bro. Right. Make a name for yourself. No. Um, then, um, you know, Wesley Blake was also released, which isn't much of a surprise. His tag team partner, Steve Cutler, was released, uh, I think, a couple of months back. They they were a tag team, the Forgotten Sons, which if you forgot that, I won't blame you. Yeah. Um, sure everyone forgot that Blake was also part of the Blake and Murphy he and Buddy Murphy um, had a tag team in NXT with Alexa Bliss way mm-hmm. back when they were NXT tag team champions for a while um, and uh, then they ended up um, breaking up Bliss went to the main roster then eventually eventually Murphy went to 205 live and then Blake was just kind of forgotten about. Then it was him, uh, Cutler, and uh, that big dude that's fallen around, uh, Elias now. What the hell is his name? Uh, Riker, Jackson Riker. So those big three, dude that
1: falls around, Elias is all I know.
0: Yeah, those three guys were the Forgotten Sons. Uh, they were all former military, um, so they, that's kind of where they bonded together. But then, ironically, Riker said something that was – Poor timing. It was very pro police during like the whole. I, I don't. I don't think it was. I think it was. I don't think it was Riker. No, it was Riker that said it. Whoever said it, really? But, yeah, because then they pulled all three guys off of TV mm-hmm. for a while, and Riker ended up being the one who came back, and the other two guys
1: got released. So, which is surprising because yeah, he was the whole reason because he went on some like super like. Blue Lives Matter fucking rant uh, bullshit on Twitter, and yeah. that team was d- dead in the water at that point because so they're like, I mean, we can't, we can't get you over with anybody because you you literally just took a political stance that is not very popular at this moment. Yeah,
0: I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was maybe it was Cutler that said
1: it, but I honestly, I thought, thought it was Cutler. Was, I
0: honestly thought it was Riker.
1: Uh, yeah, because I thought it was Cutler. I didn't think it was Riker because I because I, that's why I, I remembered Cutler's name and couldn't remember Riker's. Cause, I fucking remember the other two's name. I just remember the thought. I remember the one who decided to piss everyone off on the internet. Yeah. Let's see if I can Google it real quick and find
0: out which one it was. Um, so much some week after a tweet during the. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, Stables three forgotten sons. Nope, you're right. Jackson Riker. Yep. Post on yep. Instagram. <laughs> That's funny. And he still has a job. The other two are gone. That's, That's impressive. Crazy. Oh, man. All right. So now getting into, well, I guess the last one that's not really much of a surprise uh, Mickey James. Mickey's been with the company off and on a couple of times. She came back to fight Asuka in NXT after being gone for probably like five or six years and then stuck around on the main roster for a little while. Um, Had some pretty decent matches. She, you know, kind of helped get Ronda Rousey over when Ronda first started. Uh, but had some injuries. Mickey's a mom; she's got other she's got other ventures going on. Plus, like her husband is Nick Aldis, who is the um, NWA World Champion. So, you know, she's worked some indie shows here while she's been with WWE. And uh, you know, you could just kind of see the writing on the wall. It seemed like they moved her into that Legends, you know, mm-hmm. uh, wing. And you know, Mickey will probably be a Hall of Famer in the next you know, one to two years I'd imagine, but you know, her entering career seems like it's on the, it's downside. So her release wasn't too surprising.
1: Yeah. I, I'm honestly, I forgot she was with the company. <laughs>
0: All right, cool. Well, there you go. <laughs> now on to the, the surprises. Uh, first, oh, yeah. the releases of the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. What are your
1: thoughts on those two saying bye-bye? I'm I'm shocked for a number of reasons. Well, I'm shocked for Peyton just because it seemed like they were finally like they broke them up because they wanted to do things with Peyton and then they didn't and then it seemed like they finally had figured out like that they wanted to try to you know push her into like maybe even just being like main event bait for Rhea Ripley or something. But Billy Kay was just on WrestleMania, like yeah. granted it's not like she was in the in the title match. She was she was in the women's like tag team, tournament thing, um, uh, gauntlet match. I think is what it was. Yeah. And, but she did great in that match. Like, I, I feel like out of all the people in that match that stood out, she w- was easily in the top three. Well, Peyton was in that match too. Yeah, and, but I mean, realistically, unfortunately, she didn't stand <laughs> out quite as well as Billy did. Right. Because like Billy, at least like while she was you know more of a comedy act she at least was entertaining she made that match like oh okay i, I kind of dig this because they did zero story build up to this match it was just like hey we've got these four tag teams they they have ladies yeah here you go right um so, so they did no nothing to try to distinguish what the differences were in between them it was all just like you know who these people are and we just kind of threw them in the tag teams together you figure it out um But, like, her and Carmella really seemed like they were a good match. So I'm kind of sad to see either of them go, but maybe they'll reconnect in, like, AEW or Impact or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. And really, for for Billy, I think she surprises me a little bit more because, to your point, she did kind of have that entertaining role. Uh, She was doing the whole thing where she was passing out flyers. I thought she was a really big, bright spot for the Women's Royal Rumble. And then even in that match, or her leading up to getting Carmella to be her tag team partner, um, you know, passing out her resume and headshots and showing up on commentary, great. Where where I think with Peyton, what I think happened is, you know, she was on Raw, Raw Talk or whatever. Yeah, um, I remember star. seeing yeah, and she had that like really good promo. Where she really kind of bet on herself and put herself out there, and it blew the internet up, right? You know, everybody made comments about it. Yeah, Peyton deserves this, Peyton deserves that. The next week on Raw, they put her one-on-one against Asuka, and the match just kind of was eh. And I think with WWE, they're using that social media algorithm because they don't have fans in the stands. Right. So, you know, we've heard about this algorithm that they're using. And I think, you know, that algorithm got her the match, but I think when nobody on social media was like, Oh my gosh, Peyton killed it against Oscar. You know I mean? You didn't see any of that. Nobody talked about it at all. So I think, you know, they saw that and they're like, well, you know, we put you in this position and nobody really seemed to care you know and and i i that's the only thing that i can think like really might have been the tipping point for her there was that you know people showed up for her to get her in that spot but once she was in that spot she didn't do anything to hold their attention and that that to me probably is a reason why she was let go. And, you know, maybe she wanted to be, right? Sean Spears is True. her husband. He works for AEW. Maybe she wanted to leave and go be with him. Who know you know what I mean you don't know. They some of these people might have asked for their releases. You don't really know, I guess at the end of the day.
1: I think the next one we're talking about probably did.
0: Yeah, and that's that's probably where what my guess as well and that that uh that person be Samoa Joe. This one was a disappointment to me. Um you know, when you look at like Rusev last year, you know I think we we talked about it. WWE missed something I think with Rusev. I think there was something there they didn't get enough out of him or didn't put him in a, a favorable spot. Like he could have been a bigger star I think than what they they put him as. You can't mm-hmm. say that about Joe. Joe had an amazing WWE career. I mean, from his time in NXT, his time on the main roster, he probably in the last, you know, he's probably had the best match against Brock Lesnar in the last like 5 years. That, yeah. you know, he he's he had that great feud with AJ. I mean, the iconic Wendy, you know, I mean, just the mm. whole aspect of everything that he did on the main roster from even his time in commentary. Joe was on point all the time. And, you know, so for me, it's not like you can be like, damn, you know, I wish he would have had a better run. He had a good run.
1: Yeah. I just,
0: I just hate to see him go because he is so talented. He's so fun to watch. It's going to suck not having him around.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I, I agree. He he did have a great career. I do wish that he would have went over with like the whole thing. Cause he was went up for the universal title, or world title one of the two a couple of times mm-hmm. with lesnar involved and everything between the i think it was fatal four-way and then the singles match like i wish he would have went over at least in one of those situations so he we could have seen a joe champion run on yeah. the main roster um i 100 I percent believe he probably like they were go talk he like started hearing whispers about the budget cuts and he was just like i want out like if you're if you're not going to use me and you're just gonna have me sit here uh, as commentary then I want to go wrestle somewhere else. And I I feel like that's probably why he was let go. So from what I understand is
0: that I don't think WWE will clear him to wrestle right now. And I think he wants to wrestle. Mm -hmm. So he, he may, maybe he has like some independent doctors that are clearing him or whatever, but WWE's doctors aren't clearing him to wrestle. So they wanted to keep him on commentary. He, in to your, to what you said, he's like, nah, I don't want to stay on commentary. Get me out of here, because you know, mm-hmm. of course, you know, we hear that Corey Graves is replacing Samoa Joe on commentary. The first thing everybody thinks of is, oh, great, that means Samoa Joe's coming back to the coming back in ring, right? Nope, nope, <laughs> he's he's released. So, and, and I think you're right. I think with with Joe, I I I feel like it. it there is it. It did leave a. Uh, Maybe an empty taste in my mouth with him not having a title run on the main roster because I, I really think that he could have done a lot in in that position. Oh I mean, yeah, he did a he, lot He's
1: with... definitely a main event player. Like, oh, without a doubt Yeah, and he's a draw. Like he he's so talented both on the mic in the ring. I mean, like you mentioned, the stuff he did with AJ was great. So there there was no reason not to push him except for he just unfortunately ran into all those injuries, especially the ridiculous one where he had a concussion going through a table for a fucking USA commercial. Right. Like yeah. that, that one just annoyed me the most. Like, why would you fucking do a table spot in a fucking commercial for Monday night raw? Like, yeah, it seemed like such a unnecessary thing to do. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. And, and, you know, it sucks. It is what it is, but you know, but, uh, but hopefully he shows up somewhere and, you know, he, he, brings it, you know, or maybe he gets medically cleared and he does come back today. Who knows? You know what I mean? You never really know. Maybe he yeah. just needs some time off to do his thing, and, you know, he could eventually come back. You don't you don't really know. He might show up anywhere. He could show up at AEW. He could show up in Impact and go back home. Or, you know, he could, um, you know... I, it's with concussions and things like that. I mean, look how long it took Christian to get cleared and come back. I mean, he was gone True. for almost nine years, but,
1: but I don't he's... know if Christian was actively trying to get cleared to come back. And, and he, and to, to Christian's point,
0: like he actually admitted that he really didn't until, till edge did. Well, even after that, like he, he recently said, I've heard him on two different podcasts. He was on Renee's oral sessions and he was on mm-hmm. Jericho's podcast. And he said in both cases, it was actually around the time. Remember when he did that um, that thing with Randy Orton where they had that unsanctioned match?
1: Yeah, and he went to get kicked in the head, and then like the lights went out or something. Or...
0: Yeah. So he said at that point in time, you know, he was like he was on the non-contact list with WWE, and he was thinking, "Wait, am I that fragile? Like, am I that fragile? Like, I feel great. I feel better than I've ever felt before." How am I that fragile that I can't even be kicked or be in contact or anything like that? So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to try. So he at that point in time is when he actually started the process of getting tested and getting cleared. And then when he got cleared he, you know, kind of put the feelers out there and, you know, WWE called him to bring him back from the Royal Rumble, but he waited until not only was he cleared, but he was back in shape. Like he, the only person that knew was Edge and Edge, because he went to Edge's house to like take some bumps in the rings and stuff like that that Mm -hmm. he had. So, um, so yeah, Christian kind of started that process a little bit late and, and did the whole thing. But, you know, but Joe, you know, he, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll get cleared but when you have concussions like back to back to back or whatever it takes a while for your brain to heal and, and not mm-hmm. only physically but mentally like Christian said the biggest thing for him was a doctor telling him that he's at no greater risk to get a concussion than he ever has been at any point in time because he said if you go into a situation like that thinking that you're gonna that like worrying about it then you're more susceptible to it if you're worried about mm-hmm. it than if you just like you know, go in there normal, not think about it, which yeah. I mean, I think that's true for any injury. Like, you know, me playing football my entire life, I like or being in sports or something like that. Anytime that I was worried about getting hurt, I would end up getting hurt. But if I just went out there and just didn't give a fuck and just threw my body at whatever and just like played with no, no fear, then it was, it was a lot different. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. weird. Then it's then like you're, not, you're not tensed
1: up. You're more loose. Right. You're not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you're getting into a car crash, it's better not to see it coming because then your body's not all tense and loose or tense. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of more loose. That's why drunk people survive car accidents more often than sober people. Um,
1: that got dark. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. I, I mean, that's just, you know. Anyway. I mean, I know Kevin's not here, so we need to push that envelope, but <laughs> you, you went you went a different direction than he would have. Like, Jesus. <laughs> All right,
0: moving on. Um, so a couple of different things happen throughout the week. So we have uh, new commentators. Uh, did you get a chance to check Raw out with the new commentator that they that they introduced?
1: I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I I watched like mo- like bits and pieces throughout what Raw because I, I wasn't able to watch it live. I didn't pay attention to the commentary team. I was I was just so distracted with how disappointed I was with everything else that it just kind of glazed over it for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, RAW was okay. I, you know, it, it was really interesting that um, you know we had there wasn't too many like returns or anything like that, except for the Viking Raiders came back and Charlotte came back. I guess those two.
1: Yeah. Um, what
0: What do you take? What do you think of Charlotte's promo? Kind of taking that uh,
1: that heel role. I mean, I feel like it, it's the only role that works for her because. I don't think people like her enough for her to be, like play face. It mm-hmm. just doesn't work. Like, the, the fans do not like having her around because they see her as just someone who's getting handed spot after spot after spot that other people deserve. So I just I think that it's best just keep her heel. Let the people boo her because at least then you're getting the reaction you're supposed to. Versus trying to to do the old Roman Reigns method that they tried for so many years, where they're like, maybe if we just keep pushing her in the spot, people will finally just get over themselves and like her. And it's like, "Mm, no, No,
0: yeah, probably not. I like her new take where she said that she's like, not, what did she say? Like, um, Oh, uh, now I'm going to completely butcher it. So maybe I shouldn't even bother, but she just, she basically kind of addressed that she was like the, she addressed that like, okay, yeah, you guys don't want me here, but I am here or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know? And, 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 there was something that she said that really kind of drove it home, and I liked it. And now I don't remember off the top of my head who it was, but I vaguely remember what you're talking about. Yeah. So the new RAW commentator is Adnan Verk, who was a um, ESPN on-air talent who did uh, – uh, he was an MLB network host. And um, so he was an ESPN MLB network. So he's done a lot of work with baseball, and now all of a sudden he's the lead commentator for Monday Night Raw. He's going to be on with Byron Saxton and Corey Graves, which, you know, of course I love Byron Saxton and Corey Graves because that dynamic I think is great to have those oh, yeah. two back and forth. And I feel I, like they're I, very much like king and coach of this generation. Without a doubt, Yeah and i will give adnan verk a a lot of credit because we've had non-wrestling commentators jump into a commentary situation and completely botch names, completely botch moves, completely botch literally everything. Like Mike Adamley comes to mind. You know what i mean? Like and yeah. he was very polished. He got everything correct with the one one thing i think he called the Viking Raiders the Viking Express. But outside of that, that, yeah. Outside of that, though, I mean, he really did not have any uh, botches or, or really anything. I thought he did a really good job. So, um, you know, kudos to him for for jumping into kind of a tough spot. Um, but um, but yeah, and then you know, of course, we got the um, you know we got the the triple threat that Drew McIntyre won, so he's going to get his rematch against Lashley. Great. Yeah, Oscar and Rhea Ripley went to a no contest because of Charlotte. Uh, then we had a little back and forth. Um, you know, we got the uh, um, we got the uh, the the Alexa Bliss and Alexa's playground, but then we also had the return of the Firefly Funhouse.
1: That that was exciting.
0: Yeah, I thought that that was definitely exciting. So,
1: um, but the am I the only one confused by this whole angle of like? Bray versus Alexa now?
0: Yeah, it's weird. So now she doesn't need him because she's been able to unlock the darkness herself. And did you catch the new character that she introduced?
1: Oh, yeah. Creepy Lily.
0: Yeah, Lily. So I showed my daughter Lily that, and she got really excited <laughs> because it was oh. a demented, evil person. And she's like, ooh, that's like me. <laughs>
1: My 13-year-old daughter, folks. All right. Um, Well, if Jason goes missing one day, and (laughs) we'll know why. You didn't watch Falcon and Winter Soldier with me. Ah. (laughs) Oh, man. It's a real awkward episode when me and Kevin have to host the the two dudes, one ring (laughs) podcast. The memorial. To explain that
0: one. The memorial episode for me. Yep. Um... So yeah, Viking Raiders uh, defeated Benjamin and uh, Alexander. So they're just a jobber tag team now. We four against uh, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, just doing the job for the Viking Raiders.
1: I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me. I'm 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 still mad that they broke up the Hurt business for no reason, except for supposedly the algorithm from Twitter. I don't know what algorithm they used that said people didn't like the Hurt business, but what do I know?
0: Yeah. I've also heard that this might only be temporary, that they may eventually bring those guys back together. Um, It is kind of weird that there's just, there isn't much of a Hurt business anymore. It's literally just Lashley and MVP. Yeah. Which
1: I mean, I, I also heard that part of it was because... People like the fans were too much behind Lashley, so they were trying to like bring him down a little bit, so that way it wouldn't take away from Drew. But then Drew lost, so it didn't make sense. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it just everything in that
0: that whole scenario was kind of weird to me. But I mean, it is what it is. I guess yeah, I'm I'm glad Lashley won. But I was hoping that he would move on to somebody else other than Drew. Like, let's put a different yeah. opinion on him, you know. And, and you you brought that up, like, for or against, uh, what, WrestleMania not being the
1: end of feuds. <laughs> yeah, WrestleMania no longer being the fucking be-all, end-all to feuds. Yeah. Instead, it's just, it's just, you know, the stepping stone to backlash.
0: Right, yeah. It almost seems like WrestleMania, in a way, sometimes has been a start of stuff instead of the finish even even last year at times there was it, it it seemed well i don't know last year i guess it it ended most of everything but but yeah i don't know it, it is weird that this year's wrestlemania didn't really cap off hardly anything it didn't cap off well it might have capped off the um because you didn't see daniel bryan or edge on smackdown true
1: so i guess I it mean, capped off that brand with edge it kind of makes sense because you know he's while he's full time, he's not really a hundred percent full time. So it makes sense for him to go away for a little bit and then come back. Look his words a little bit, yeah, yeah. Where D. it makes less sense because it's like, wait, where where the fuck did he go? Yeah, and I guess
0: uh, I guess the the fiend and Randy Orton was capped off when the most yeah, so they're like way that's ever. done.
1: But even though it had the wrong ending, yeah,
0: the most disappointing way ever. So yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, Drew and Bobby just can't quit each other at the end of the day. Just never going to give you up. I can't quit you, man. I can't quit you. All right. So I'm trying to look through. I don't know if anything else monumental happened on Raw. It was kind of a weird count-out situation with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Uh, they went up against Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler. Mandy and Dana yeah. seemed to reinforce their gear a little bit, so that was probably good on their <laughs> part.
1: <laughs> but um, good for them, Learn, learning from their mistakes. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, it was kind of weird that they were in a title match, and um, you know, Nia got angry and the, they they ran away and ran up the ramp and got counted out. It was just odd. So I I don't fucking know. It's it's yeah. How about Maurice coming back and getting into the um, the uh, Miz and John Morrison um, situation? It almost seems like they're they're teasing a little Miz and Morrison finally breaking up. Are we
1: for or against that? I I I'm very torn because I want it to happen because I feel like that feud and that match would be incredible. Yeah, but I also love them together and I love the stupid music videos and shit. So like yeah. If they don't break them up, I'm happy with it. But if they do, I, I'm also kind of excited. But I, if, they, if they're if just going to do what they usually do and they break them up but don't do anything with either of them, I, then just fuck it. Keep it together. Yeah, Keep it together. I agree like, with you.
0: But I, I think for John Morrison to actually finally do something significant since coming back to WWE, he, got, he has to get away from
1: Miz. Oh, yeah, 100% agree with that. But my thing is, are they going to do that? Yeah. And if they are, like it's got to be something with the, the mid card title because I, no offense to, like, he is incredible athlete. He's fantastic in the ring, but with who their champions are right now, it's not believable for him to be a contender. Like yeah. I do not see it as feasible that he's going to be the one to, to beat Bobby Lashley. And Roman may not be quite as physically imposing as Bobby Lashley, but just his presence in general is, is impressive enough to be like, I don't think that Morrison can be in that, Line up either. Yeah, Morrison just has like I, I like
0: him, and you're right. He's an incredible athlete, and he can do some things that nobody else can do. But he's never really stepped up and taken that ball and ran with it at any point mm-hmm. in time in his career. I, and I feel like he's had some opportunities to do it, and it's just never panned out or never really, you know, I don't know. But personally,
1: I think I think my problem with it is more so that. It seems like his personality or at least what he brings to his promos and stuff is hard to pull off without someone there beside him to bounce off of. Like he doesn't seem like he he can have that kind of character that can be singular focused and be interesting. Like he has to have someone there to bounce off of whether it's a manager or a tag team partner or something someone that he can like make a joke kind of like the iconics, like the reason they both worked so well was because Peyton and Billy had each other to ba- play off of and be entertaining in that aspect.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, definitely. So, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. He, I, I think Arn Anderson summed it up the best when when I think Conrad Thompson on their podcast brought up that uh, Morrison was coming back, and he was like, eh, he'll get paid. Yeah, I man. Pretty much, <laughs> he'll get paid. Pretty much, pretty much the gist of it. All right, moving on. Uh, NXT is now on Tuesday nights. They debuted this week. It kicked off with Kieran Cross coming out and cutting a pretty lengthy promo, or, or not really too lengthy, but a nice promo about uh, how he's going to have a, a lengthy reign on the top of the mountain. I uh definitely believe him cuz I don't really see anybody in NXT right now that's going to be able to knock him off. I think uh yeah. a guy like Kyle O'Reilly could eventually get there, especially, you know, when he when he buttons up this feud with Adam Cole. Um but uh outside of that though, man, I I mean, I don't I don't know. Uh I mean, I imagine Finn will probably challenge him one more time uh before maybe fading off back to the main roster, but um yeah, Kieran cross man. You think Finn's going to go main roster? I think eventually he will. Yeah. I, th- I I want to I, I want to see the prince. I want to see this Finn on the main roster. I mean, I do too. I just I just don't think we'll get this Finn on the main roster. Is the problem? No, I I do because I I think you know we got the Finn that was there before. I just I think he's done a really good job of reinventing himself and and making himself more of a... Uh, I, I think this Finn would work better on the main roster than the other Finn does. I like. Oh the yeah, of Finn I I just didn't really cut it
1: to I, me. I agree i think it will work better i just i think the problem is that they just they liked him being all smiley and shit like so i just have a hard time believing that their the main roster is gonna be like yeah you can be this cool serious you know actual threat to the main roster because the problem is if he is that person then that means they have to find a use for him they can't just throw him in the mid card mix up and, and forget about him
0: yeah I, I agree with you, but i th- I think he can because this this Finn can go up against Roman reigns, or this Finn can go up against Bobby Lashley. This Finn could go up against Drew McIntyre. I mean, this Finn can still be a main event player. He's always he was always in that conversation for the most part when he was on the main roster. Well, at least when he first debuted, and then he got hurt, mm. and then he was always like Intercontinental Champion, whatever. But yeah. th- this Finn can sustain at the top if if he comes back and stays healthy. So I I mean I, I I'm fully confident that that we have not seen the last of Finn Balor on the main roster. I think he's going to be able to come back and, and do some good things. Um, let's see. Then we have the I don't know, MSK defeated Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. Who cares about that? Um, Mercedes Martinez had a match with Jessica Kamea. That was okay. Um, let's see. Santa. Oh, did you see that um, – Kushida ended up beating Santos Escobar for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I did see that, yeah. That was actually a pretty pretty fun match and I I thought that was kind of surprising that all of a sudden he would come out and you know it was so this is what was weird to me about that though. So Escobar comes on the microphone and he starts saying I'm issuing an open challenge, but before he could even get the next sentence out Kushida had already answered the call his music hit he mm-hmm. was already on his way out he never actually said that the open challenge was for the cruiserweight championship but then Kushida wins and he's a cruiserweight champion so i guess that threw me off a little bit because i thought that was kind of weird how that that all played out did you catch that at all
1: yeah it, it seemed a little little like rushed almost like like he, he got a little too excited.
0: Yeah. Like they, they hit the music a little too soon or something like that. I don't know. It was, it was mm-hmm. weird. Maybe they, maybe they had a time constraint and they <laughs> to get him out there like right away or something. I don't, I don't know, but man, I, I just thought that was kind of crazy how that, how that came about. But yeah, yeah. It, it was,
1: it was very weird.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. But hey, congrats to Kishida for being the new cruiserweight champion. Um, Escobar held that title for well over a year. So, um, you know, just definitely interesting to see a different cruiserweight champion after Escobar just won this, you know, huge ladder match on takeover, uh, against Jordan Devlin to be the true cruiserweight champion. He just turns around and loses it, you know, less than <laughs> less than a week later. <laughs> oh, well,
1: whatever. What are you to do? Um, and then you it's got th- more interesting change than anything we saw in the main roster. So yeah. can't complain too much. So then we got the debut of Frankie
0: Monet, uh, for or against her jumping right into the title picture with Raquel Gonzalez.
1: Um, I don't know who the fuck she is. Like some people were excited for her and then upset that she came, she didn't keep her indie name. Yeah. Um, but I have no clue who the hell she is. So I, I guess... She was I'll in, have to wait to see what she does in the ring.
0: She was an impact for a little while. She's actually, uh, I think Kevin even brought this up last week. She's John Morrison's like fiance or wife. Okay. Um, yeah. So, okay. I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to mess up her, her, uh, uh, Tyler Valkyrie is, is what okay. she was in, um, In uh, impact. So yeah, so I, I guess a lot of people like her name, um, but they don't really like the new name that she has, Frankie Monet.
1: Um, I mean, it is kind of dumb. Yeah, it I is. I can't, I can't, I can't disagree with them there.
0: Yeah, it, it is. But you know, she, she basically. It, it, it's a name and you know, that she has a little dog with her and stuff like that. I, a little interesting situation though, with Raquel Gonzalez in the ring. Um, are you for or against when they had Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair come out and the three women held their titles together in the middle of the ring?
1: I thought it was nice. I feel like it was, especially because all three of them are like from, you know, NXT. So it makes sense that they'd, you know, come back home and be like, we all became champions WrestleMania week. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I thought, I thought it was cool. And I heard some um uh some stuff with um I heard in some interviews with Rhea Ripley that her and um Raquel both like were kind of uh because they were like bigger women, you know, some of the guys, some of the trainers didn't really know what to do with them and I think mm-hmm. I think they both credited Uh, Norman Smiley with like taking them under their wings and, and basically being the only guy that really saw anything in them and like really helping them like get to where they're at right now. So, you know, Mm -hmm. they have, I guess, that kind of relationship where they train together and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was kind of cool, but you know, is what it is. Um, Leon Ruff and Isaiah Swerve Scott, Scott can't seem to quit each other. I'm i I'll tell you what though. I'm a big fan of Isaiah Swerve Scott's new uh, heel gimmick. What, What about you? For or against uh, a heel swerve, Scott.
1: I mean, I, I didn't really care about him before, so I guess it can't hurt.
0: Yeah, it, I just, and I'm with you, he didn't really do much for me before he kind of made this heel turn. And Leon Ruff doesn't really do a lot for me either, to be honest with you. I mean, he's had some fun wins, and when, when he won the U.S. title for, or Was the United, the North American title from Johnny Gargano, you know, when Damian Priest put it around his waist and it fell off. Like, that was a pretty comical moment. Um, But Swerve Scott, man, just his confidence in his promo work since becoming a heel were just absolutely like fire. I mean, I think he's done a really great job in in any time they put a microphone in front of his face. Like, the guy just has star power. Like he has some star potential. And I never saw that from him until he started talking more, until he kind of got that confidence and that swagger. Then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it just kind of like it's the same thing like Montez Ford. Montez Ford, you can tell when he finally becomes a singles wrestler, is going to be a huge star. I think so, anyway, because the guy can talk and he can get it done in the ring. Like he's just, he is the complete package. I, I think. You know, really, I, I mean, D'Angelo Dawkins, I like the guy, but I think he's holding Montez back at this point. I think eventually the street profits are going to be no more, and we're going to see, we're going to see Montez Ford become a huge star. But um, you know, with um, but I, I kind of get that same uh, from Isaiah or Scott. I kind of get that same vibe with his promo work and just his confidence and and just the you know, the cadence that he uses, the swagger that he has. Like, he just, he I don't know, he just has it for me. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what this character becomes and see if he kind of grows a little bit more into the role. And I'd like to see him finally get away from this Leon Ruff thing and move on to somebody else, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> let's get him in the North American title picture. Um, let's see. And then after that, we got. oh, did you get a chance to see any of the um, – the uh the, the eight uh person tag so we had the way versus Dexter Loomis Bronson Reed Amber Moon and Shotzi Blackheart I thought that was kind of an interesting pairing. Dexter- I mean, I
1: saw the weird Dexter Loomis like carrying her off, like and like her pretending to be dead and like trying like some weird like damsel in distress seduction technique or something.
0: Okay, well, that was give me my question. Are you for or against the Dexter Loomis Indie Hartwell, uh, love story?
1: I mean, I love Dexter Loomis. So I kinda, I'm kind of, I'm kind for it.
0: <laughs> I, I'm for it too, just because it's so weird and it's so out of left field. Like it's just like, out of everything that's happening with Johnny Gargano and the way, and like Austin Theory and Candace and just this little weird. Uh, Love interest that she has Like this infatuation she has with Dexter Loomis And the fact that he's starting to play into it now And he still doesn't talk But there's just like a a Weird like a weird chemistry between the two of them. And I, I, I've just, I've been completely entertained by it. I love it. I think it's great. I mean,
1: I I can't blame her. I mean, he, he's, he's a big dude and he's, he doesn't talk back. So she doesn't have to worry about him giving her any sass. And he has a, he has a fantastic mustache. So mustache rides are probably not out of the question. Like, I, I feel like it's just all around, like smart, smart choices for her.
0: Mustache rides are probably not out of the question is definitely the title of this episode. <laughs> Oh man, um, but yeah, um, yeah. Overall, I, I've, I've just been a fan of it. I, I just think it's kind of uh, it, it's a it's it's definitely the most intriguing love story that I think WWE or well, I mean NXT, but it, it, on WWE programming and yeah. probably ever. So um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've been a big fan. <laughs> All right. Anything else about NXT before we move on? Nothing I can think of. Oh shit! I just totally screwed up my entire screen here. Sorry. Oops. Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, did you catch any AEW Dynamite this week? Uh, I I I caught bits and pieces. I think I saw that like the Young Bucks are now back to being heel and yeah. have rejoined the Elite. Or the super elite, or what the fuck Kenny Omega's version of the elite is. Yeah, but beyond that, I don't really remember a whole lot else. Yeah, it's um,
0: yeah, they they, they turned on Moxley the week before, and uh, they they basically joined up with their with their buddies Gallows and Anderson. Don and Kenny and uh they're they're all a big family now. And now they're kind of more of a heelish young bucks. They cut the tassels and all that stuff, so good for them. I mean, you know, they dropped the cartoon looking young bucks.
1: I don't know what you mean tassels are frightening. <laughs> you could get poked in the eye while they're super kicking you, like I feel like that's the most villainous possible like a tire ever. Yeah. So Death Triangle, they won this
0: opportunity back in the casino um the, the casino royale tag team thing at the at the last pay per view. And uh I thought the match was pretty good. Dave Meltzer apparently rated this match like a five star match or something like that. Like I just was like, man, for a it, it wasn't it was good, but it wasn't that great. You know, ended with um one of the Young Bucks ripping off Ray Ray Phoenix's mask. Now, this wasn't like... I, I don't know if you caught this at all, but... When he ripped it off, like he ripped it off violently, and like Ray had, he just had his hands over his face the entire time, and they hit him with a double super kick while he had his hands on his face, and that's how they, they and they pinned him. So the entire time he had his hands on his face covering his face, but I thought that was kind of an interesting way because, you know, with WWE, they tease like Ray, but then Ray's always like, you know, rolled over or something like that, mm-hmm. or, you know, the mask gets pulled part way off, but not all the way off. You know, here it was just like violently ripped off his face, and it happened really quick, and he, got his hands up really fast too. So, I thought that was kind of interesting, but and, you know, with with a lot of just like a, other AEW matches, there's a whole lot of shenanigans that happened, you know, throughout the entire thing too. So, um, let's see. Red Velvet had another rematch against Jade Cargill. Man, Jade Cargill is definitely legit. I mean, she's going to be once she learns like more of what she's doing, she's going to be freaking amazing. This was kind of an interesting one. Um, Anthony Agogo, who was a he's been trained by QT Marshall in what's called the Nightmare Factory, um, mm-hmm. and he is actually an Olympic boxer. Uh, so this guy's you know legit athlete. This was his first match in AEW, and it ended with him. He was just up against some dude. Uh, oh, he was up against. Um, Wait, who is it? Oh, so he's just up against some some random like jobber dude. I don't even know what the guy's name is. And there was like um, the dude like got a like a go around on a go go and then he came off the ropes and he just got hit with like a, a right hand to the stomach. Like it was an uppercut to the stomach, dropped the dude on the mat, and then the referee called for the bell. So it was like a like almost like a KO. It was a stomach punch, but it was a KO, and the referee's like, oh, yeah, match is over. Like, I don't know. Four- That's some anime
1: shit right there.
0: Yeah. Are you for or against um, wrestling matches ending with
1: a punch to the stomach? <laughs>
0: uh,
1: it depends on how devastating the punch in the stomach looks. <laughs> like, if if we're talking, like, back when I think it was Kenny Omega used to do the, like, Hadouken punch... That I, I'd be like, okay, that, that was entertaining. I'm down for that being the finish. Um, but if talking just like a, a fucking jab or something, like that better be one hell of a fucking jab. I mean like, that a- motherfucker better lift off the ground from how hard he got hit in the stomach if he's if he's down for the count.
0: It was a hell of an uppercut. I would I would advise you to Google and watch it or something like that, because it was it was a it was a definitely uppercut, but just no pinfall though. Just calling for the bell with the punch though. You know what I mean? Like th- that's the only part. I though. mean, if it's I watched some dude boxing. get his guts rearranged in the middle of the ring, I'd call the match too.
1: Yeah, I guess. I
0: don't know. I just thought it was weird for a wrestling match just to have it. Punch.
1: I feel. I feel like you have to sell it right. Like if they, if he hit him so hard that it was like a knockout, maybe like you know, have him pop up one of those little like fucking food coloring capsules, have some blood like coming out of his mouth, like you know, like he had some internal injuries from it, like fucking you know really overdo it to to sell like the point that hey he hit this motherfucker hard enough that we need to end the match that they didn't do well that that's on
0: AEW <laughs> all right and then um so the next match which was not the main event this was the um so the inner circle versus pinnacle this is basically kind of like um you know their first match that so we had chris jericho with Sammy Guevara. So Sammy was the only one allowed at ringside for the inner circle. And then you had Dax Hardwood who had Cash with him. He was the only one allowed from Pinnacle uh, at ringside. And the special ring enfor- ringside enforcer was Iron Mike Tyson. Um, okay, match. I-, I thought the stipulation was a little weird. This whole thing for me, like, I... I- <sighs> And we didn't really get a chance to talk too much about AEW last week because it was all about WrestleMania and everything. But I would have liked to see Pinnacle, you know, and I think I mentioned this the, the week that that um, that um, Inner Circle made their comeback. I would have liked to see Pinnacle go away for a couple of weeks. You know, have Jericho come out, cut the promo he cut, and say, you know, blood and guts on whatever day. But then have pinnacle go away for a little bit and let's let's have another week of those promos and and if if mike tyson's going to be involved why not put him as the enforcer for the blood and guts match and maybe tease a little bit which side is he on right so you know you got jericho saying okay the inner circles changed their faces now right but you know, not a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, he had a pull apart with with Tyson. So if Tyson's going to be on his side, why not tease that a little bit more? I don't know. It just seemed like everything was real rushed with the storyline. I think it could have been maybe a little bit more than what it was. Um, but I mean, still a pretty decent match you got with Dax Hardwood and Chris Jericho. It was just, and then it ended up with you know guys came out from the locker room. There's a whole bunch of shit. Tyson fucking laid out Cash Wheeler right. And you just heard the smack off of his jaw and he hit the ground. It was like, you know, punching out Alan and, in, uh, in the hangover. Did they <laughs> <laughs> do the little
1: do 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 do
0: No, he didn't do that. He just turned and he just turned and punched him. Um, but then Jericho ends up getting the win. Cause you know, Jericho is not going to lose to Dax hardwood. Um,
1: but uh, but yeah, I don't know. Did you you get think a chance- he would be willing to? Because Jericho's like a, a rock and ruler now, so he'd be like, "Yeah, I want to get beat by a porn star."
0: <laughs> oh god, he's probably been beat by other porn stars though, in other ways. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Did you get a chance to see any of this at all? It was it was kind
1: of a. I mean, I knew it happened, but I didn't. I didn't watch it just because I was like. Nothing against revival or FTR, but of all, like at that point, why have Jericho in the match? Why not have like Guevara or no? What the the, the two dudes who are a tag team in uh, Inner Circle? Um, fuck, I can't think of their names. The one dude has like the overalls that like are usually not buttoned up. Wait, hold on, I, I lost you. What we're you
0: saying? Inner Circle, the, oh, the tag gotcha. team. Um, you're talking about uh, the inner circle. You're talking about Santana and Ortiz. Yes, Santana yeah. Ortiz. Like, and Ortiz. I battle. feel like
1: it would have made more sense to have them versus like FTR than Jericho and Guevara. Like,
0: well, it was it was just Jericho versus hardwood hardwood. But, well, yeah,
1: but like it's yeah. still just you have like two major like players on one team, and then you've got the tag team. Like division of the other team, like it just it didn't make sense. Like that's that's some WWE booking of like let's put the champion in their in their challenger in a tag team match against the tag team champions. Like it just it it seems kind of pointless. But
0: well, and the other thing too, the other thing too that threw me off a little bit was two weeks ago when when the inner circle made their comeback. You know when Pinnacle came out, they all cut a promo on the inner circle. Like every single one of them had something to say. But when the inner circle showed up, it was just Jericho. Not a single one of the other guys said anything. Jericho cut the entire promo the entire time. So it's like, why why aren't these other guys talking, though? Like, I don't know. It's it's
1: Jericho. It's the Jericho
0: show, Jason. Uh, You're right. It's the Jericho show, I guess. But I I guess it shouldn't be. No one else matters. So um, then Chris Statlander came back, had a singles match against Amber Nova. Then after that, so... This match I haven't seen yet, and I need to go back and watch it. But Darby Allen had a uh, defended his TNT Championship in a um, false count anywhere match against Matt Hardy. That last time Matt Hardy was in a false count anywhere match, it didn't really work out too great for him. But um, it looks like there was a pretty cool coffin drop by Allen, so I'm gonna have to check that out. So I'm sure Sting probably showed up, and there's probably a whole bunch of other people dark order i guess there's a big huge brawl afterwards between the hardy family and the dark order so i'll have to i'll have to go check that hardy out.
1: family like
0: yeah the, are you,
1: are you, the hardy family he's talking about, that's what he calls all of his uh people yes
0: yeah he's got Butcher okay. and the blade with him now he's got private party with him he's got like a whole stable of people underneath him so discount this, street profits. Yes, discount street profits. You got it. <laughs> All right, so that does it for AW Dynamite. Then moving on real quick. SmackDown <laughs> was this week. Hey, for or against Pat McAfee being a color
1: commentator on SmackDown. I mean, I'm for it. He he's entertaining as hell. Like he did a great and he job, earned, and he earned my respect back in NXT with everything he did of Cole. So yeah, I'm I'm down. Yeah, without a doubt, and he he actually
0: did a really good job. I mean, you know, talking about how the other guy did on Raw, um, McAfee, I thought killed it. I mean, he was heelish when he needed to be heelish. He was, you know, he he had that kind of sympathetic when he needed to. Like he had the funny comments, and he and Cole played off of each other great. And I've always heard that there's been a little bit of animosity between Cole and McAfee at times, and. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean those two actually I thought worked together a little bit better than Cole and Graves did. So I you know I, I I liked it. I thought they did a really good job. Um. So we talked a little bit off air. So what do you think Cesaro comes out? So basically Roman Reigns opens up the show right. He comes out and you know cuts his promo about beating Edge and you know and oh dude Paul Heyman drove the point home by saying you know basically talking about who Roman Reigns beat. How do you like him saying Daniel Bryan, whose wife is a hall of famer and was a multiple time champion and blah, 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 blah. And then edge edge is a hall of famer. His wife is a hall of famer. What do you think about Heyman throwing the wives in to like boost up the stats of the, uh, of oh, yeah. edge And Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I dig it. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty good. So and then Roman's like, yeah, there's nobody on my level. And then Cesaro's music hit, which me, I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. Cesaro comes out, goes to grab the microphone. Fucking Roman just walks and pieces the fuck out. Doesn't want to have it. Doesn't want to hear anything that Cesaro has to say. He just pieces out. Um, what do you think about this? Because there's been some mixed reviews on the internet about that. Like, how, how do you? Do you like that that happened, or do you think that was kind of disrespectful to Cesaro?
1: I feel like, out of all the things in that scenario, that was probably one of the better ones just because of the fact that that gives them a story point to build off of. Right. Cesaro comes out because he's, you know, hot, fresh off of his his mania win against Seth. He comes out, you know, to confront the asshole champion. Asshole champion doesn't show him the respect he deserves. Now Cesaro is going to beat it into him. However, that doesn't seem to be where we're going at this moment. Yes, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, let's see.
0: Uh, Kevin Owens defeated Sami Zayn by countout. Yeah, that match continued to go on. That was kind of crazy. Um, what do you think of uh, Bianca Belair coming out with the Street Profits to celebrate her uh, her her championship win? Do you like that?
1: Yeah, I have no problem with it. It makes sense because it's not the first time that they've like done things together on the main roster.
0: Yeah. And then she, she said something about, hey, you better win this match because, uh you know, you, you uh, only gold in our house or something like that. And then the Street Profits promptly lose to Rude and Ziggler.
1: Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, um, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> unfortunately shit happens and weird tag team champions are weird, I guess. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um,. Naya def- Natalia defeated Shayna Baszler via penalty. Shayna Baszler needs to stop fucking doing jobs. Um, let's see. Yeah, so, I mean, the big story throughout the entire night was the Cesaro thing. Um, he got a match against Jey Uso, and then that match was ended by Seth Rollins attacking Cesaro. And it seems like that feud is not going anywhere, and we're not going to get Cesaro versus Reigns. So... Was that just a, a teaser to see how the internet reacted to him going out, or, you know, was that you know is that going to be a sign of things to come? Maybe the winner of of Cesaro and Seth goes on to face Reigns or something like that. I don't know what 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 do you think? I
1: part of me does think it's it's them you know testing the waters because they they like obviously he got a huge pop at Mania mm-hmm. when he won. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like it's so like that, that you had actual genuine fan reactions to go off of for a change. So now they're like, OK, well, let's test the waters and see how people react to things. And it's, it's I, I, I want to believe that this is just for whatever reason they feel that they they need a month off of writing any interesting stories. So they're just recapping mania at backlash and then come by in the bank Maybe Cesaro wins the money in the bank or he starts, you know, a program with Reigns or something. Um I also saw people making fun of the fact that supposedly they replayed the no arm like airplane spin like six times to throughout death. the night.
0: To <laughs> death. It was the only fucking thing that they talked about. And I was gonna ask you, for or against them making such a big
1: fucking deal of the UFO spin? <laughs> I'm for it for two reasons. One I hate the swing, so I'd rather him do the UFO spin. Okay. And two, because at least then they're talking about Cesaro. The Uh, more TV time he gets, the more they fucking pump him up as something important, the better, in my opinion. If it means we have to sit through the same clip 37 times in a a two-hour program, (laughs) then so be it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's all they talked about. Like, Michael Cole put that move over like it was the fucking first time he ever saw sweet chin music like it just was just the end all be all like it I it was it was crazy how much they talked about it
1: um could you imagine him doing that to Roman Reigns
0: <laughs> oh my that'd be that crazy. would just be fucking insane that would be insane I mean if he and he's strong enough that he could probably do it too which oh yeah cr- he could like
1: fucking do it to Otis <laughs>
0: Oh my god. That if they want if they want Cesaro to be over cuz I remember I I didn't really care too much about John Cena until I saw him do the the FU to the Big Show. When he fucking mm. got Big Show up on his shoulders and then spun him off like that, I was like, "Holy shit, this guy's legit." If they want to legitimize Cesaro
1: in that way, fucking have him do the UFO to Otis. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying Otis is definitely like heavy lift uh, enhancement talent because they did the same thing with Bianca. She had to carry his big ass around the ring. Yeah. And she did it. So, like, what better way than to fucking put Cesaro over than have him do that shit? No harms to and, fucking Otis. And, you know, we didn't really, I don't
0: think we mentioned this last week, too, but speaking of Bianca, how fucking impressive was it for her to catch Sasha outside the ring, oh press her over her head, and walk up the steps and into the fucking ring with her like that? In fucking sane. Yeah, I mean, I know Sasha is not the biggest woman in the world, but still, to be able to hold yeah. her like that for that period of time and and walk like that with her, that was that was fucking and walk up steps like that yeah. <laughs> and not drop her like that was yeah not drop her insane. not
1: accidentally fucking throw her onto the like ring post or some shit like yeah, unfucking
0: believable. Anyway, all right, so. Uh, so, yeah, so WWE SmackDown, I mean, that was basically it, right? So, you know, we got the Pat McAfee debut as Color Commentary. We didn't really have any big returns or big, you know, debuts. I think I think really be- the, the post-WrestleMania shows have, have honestly kind of maybe been capped by, you know, not having fans there. Maybe that's the reason why you don't get the big pop, the big excitement or anything like that. And I also think, you know, in this, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think maybe part of the reason why these feuds haven't ended is because what do we normally get right around backlash or right around this time of year? What what normally comes around this time of year? Sadness? Well, I mean, aside from that, I mean, that's 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 all um, the time. But... It- <laughs> The draft, right? The shakeup. They always shake up the roster. Isn't that more during the summer though? No, it's it's normally around this time. It's it's usually like right after WrestleMania. They they'll usually do. Yeah, the draft is normally like right after its book because it's usually before Money in the Bank. So it's in between like the backlash and the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. So I think that's part of the reason why, because there's been a couple of years where they started to try to build new storylines, but then they did the draft and then everybody fucking moved and then it made it made it everything kind of crazy.
1: So so according to the almighty Google, the twenty nineteen draft took place in October. Okay, when the twenty twenty one take. Uh, 2020,
0: October as well. Okay. What about the superstar shakeup? Cause they did a shit. They would do a shakeup the right after WrestleMania. I think one of the, they always shake up the roster somewhere around WrestleMania. I know that. Well,
1: yeah, it's usually the night after Mania because people return, people jump and ship to the other show and shit. Like let's see here. Superstar shakeup in 2019 took place in April or to May. There you go. See, that was right. Um, so I, okay. Man. So it's wrong. But, however, it they didn't do one technically in 2020 according okay. to the internet.
0: So. Okay, so I was wrong about the draft part of it, but yeah, usually like a shake up. They usually shake up the roster sometime around this year. So I think that might be why they're kind of continuing storylines rather than starting. Then new
1: what one. better time than to do it the fucking week after Mania? So that way backlash actually has something we're interested in. Because I'll but, tell you right now, Peacock isn't gonna keep a bunch of uh, subscriptions to see the same shit people already saw. But
0: backlash that's always what backlash has been, though. Backlash has always been like the, the WrestleMania fallout. Like if you even going back to the attitude era. When backlash first started, that that was the whole concept of the backlash pay per view was to like get revenge for whatever happened at WrestleMania. Like that's that's always been the case with backlash. That's how that's how backlash became a thing. So that's not a surprise to me. So I don't know why it's just such a surprise to everybody else. But I don't know. All right. So. Man that's really all I got for this week. And we kind of did the for or against kind of throughout the whole thing of us talking. So, you know, our non-structure show kind of, um, you know, somehow became oddly structured. So anything else you got before we close this thing out?
1: Oh my God. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's for this year. I was say I, I was, oh no, it was last year. Last year in backlash, Bobby Lashley challenged Drew McIntyre for the world title. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's
0: funny. Well, there you go. All right. (laughs) So. All right. Um, Well, hey, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the show. Uh, Sorry, it was just the two of us, not the three of us, but. You know, sometimes shit happens, so, you know, somebody's got to wake up early in the morning, so he need to get his beauty sleep instead of get on and podcast with us. But if you are a subscriber on Apple Podcasts, we definitely appreciate any five-star reviews you could throw our way. helps us with the algorithm so we can get better placement on, you know, search engines and things like that. We also appreciate any feedback, so make sure you comment on how you like the show. You can also give us your feedback on Twitter, at live your gimmick that's the at symbol followed by l-i-v like live morgan y-o-u-r-g-i-m-m-i-c-k we also have an instagram too but i never update that so just follow us on twitter uh michael you anything coming up anything new exciting anything you want to talk about
1: yes of course so check me out over on modern toy fair me and jamar every week on youtube.com forward slash modern toy fair do the weekly toy news where we talk about all the different action figure announcements every friday and then on mondays i do different action figure reviews and then on instagram and twitter at modern toy fair you can also see some of my figure photography so check that out and of course also check Jamar out on why are you a gamer but i'll let him uh, pump that out uh, when you come visit us at modern toy fair
0: there you go is he actually is he finally coming back with why are you a gamer
1: uh so we have a running uh basically a running poll right now of people betting to see who's going to have their podcast come back first jamar or nate because they both went on hiatus last year and have yet to restarted um nate at least has the fact that he has two other people on his podcast who are slowing him down jamar just has been kicking the can so I even tried to find Jamar a guest,
0: (laughs) but uh, all right, cool. All right, well, uh, some things to look forward to, so definitely check that stuff out, and make sure you check us out. Go back and listen to all of our old episodes if you'd like. Some of them are kind of, I mean, they're pretty much all, you know, time period-wise, but there's still some funny shit in there that you can find. So, uh, But, yeah, subscribe, share, share with your friends, and uh, thank you again for listening. For Michael, my name is Jason, reminding you Smarks out there to be a fan and always live your gimmick. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Sweepy weepy Kevin.